Welcome to Out of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast where we share our stories of starting and running our float centers. We love it when you join us as we work together to raise our education level on building, marketing, and running our float centers. As always, you can find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Art of the Float, and visit us at artofthefloat.com to find show notes, links, pictures from every episode, you know, if we reference a photo, which as we do today, that kind of thing. I'm your co-host, Dylan. I own The Float Shop with Sandra in Portland, Oregon, and I'm joined with Amy of Float Nashville. Amy, I'm just going to check in. I know we'll, we'll review our weeks and everything, but how are you doing tonight? Because I know... <laughs> We yeah. got some special circumstances. We do. We do. So I'm going to apologize up front for any audio because today uh, Mark made me go to the clinic. I wasn't going to go, but he made me go and found out that I have pneumonia. Oh. And uh, the doctor said, you immediately go home, bed rest, and you, they might admit me to the hospital tomorrow. But Hopefully, as you can tell, I really don't feel awful. Like, they're making it sound like I'm going to die. And he said, you could be on a ventilator by Thanksgiving. Um, uh. I'm not feeling horrible. So I'm really happy to be here. But I am here, um, as per my doctor's orders, in bed. <laughs> so, you know, fingers crossed on this audio, y'all. And I apologize <laughs> if it is not up to our usual standard. <laughs> well, you, you can... Take it a little bit easy tonight, Amy. I know you you always go 100%. You can go a good 95 tonight if you need to. Okay. Dylan's I know that would 5%. So, okay. <laughs> I want to hear feedback. If I if you think I go out... Yeah, so- take 5% for yourself, Amy. Take you learned it. for yourself, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's producer Brian in the background. <laughs> it's tonight, tonight, we want to talk about, I think, two main topics. I think the, the, the main, main topic is... Basically, float centers going out of business. Why are they going out of business? Is this a trend? Uh, does anybody know the answer to that? And then the other thing I want to talk about um, was really actually started by Amy on Facebook was the idea between kind of a, the concept, and, and this isn't a pejorative, and we'll, we'll get into it, but the concept of a budget float center and a really high-end uh, regal float center. So we, we're going to get into that and kind of the pros and cons between them, the differences and uh, yeah, we're, we're going to jump into that, get into some feels about it, ideally, as well. Oh, I think hopefully tonight we'll get into our first reenactment as well. Uh, hopefully, Brian, can you get some classical music queued up on tape there? Uh, we're going to have our first first acting scene on, on Art of the No Float. problem. I'll, I'll get that queued up. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, let's hear it. Before we get started, I do want to give a shout out to Float Helm. Uh, if you are in the float industry and you aren't aware of what Float Helm is yet, you need to do yourself a favor and a, um, well, you need to do a little bit more research, basically. <laughs> Welcome to the industry. I'm glad you're listening to the podcast. Also, go to floathelm.com and you're going to learn about software that's built from the ground up for float centers, which means uh, people are going to be able to schedule online. You're going to be able to track your numbers uh, of things like salinity, uh, pH level, alkalinity, all that good stuff that nobody else is going to do for you uh, built into the software. It also has project management software built in, things like that. So um, it uh, works out quite well. Also scheduling for your employees, really, really awesome software. And really the super duper cool part that nobody else does also is they do a live uh, tour with you. So you can, um, they'll, they'll share their screen and walk you through Float Helm, see if it's going to work for your business and all the things that you do at your float center. So again, floathelm.com is where you want to go to check it out. 
<sighs> yes, I'm really excited about this because it's going to go into my first acting gig. Amy, I want to hear about your week, but I just got to share a few things about my week first. If that's okay please, with you, may I go? Please do. You, you I take would... 5% right now. That's take right. 5% right now. Got it. I'm on <laughs> it. We, sexy topic here. I know this is going to get all the all the listens. We got a new outlet cover in Ooh. one of our float rooms. Yeah, I'll take it slowly. Uh... I'm going to slow down and tease this out a little bit. So honestly... Um, the way that this all started is that we had somebody blow drying their hair in the float room. So there's an outlet available, you know, within reaching room, a little, little bit of effort, but, uh, yeah, they just, they brought their own hair dryer, started blow drying it right there. And, um, a, that's not great for time, you know, for as far as transitions go and B I was like, Oh my God. Uh, yes. It's all GFCI, but I never, ever, ever, ever want that tested in my float center. Um, for electricity and water to interact to make sure that that trips. Um, so, uh, yeah, we decided that's incredibly unsafe. So when I say an outlet cover, I don't just mean what you plug something into. I mean, it shook, goes right over the outlet itself. So if we want to use it, like on cleaning day when we would use that, um, or if I'm doing a photo shoot and I just need access to it, I can slide it off and it's accessible. But it's pretty clear you're not supposed to use that. In fact, it's possible you wouldn't even know it was an outlet at that point, and I'll I'll put that up on uh, on the show notes page of what that looks like. But um, I don't know. Do you have any outlets visible? Is that a concern we, of yours? We do, um, but they're not really visible. They're actually under the bench, and we do have signage up asking people, you know, to that you know they can to get dressed and or to shower and, you know, be out in about 15 minutes. And we do have hair dryers available for them in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And that's also part of our intake. So uh, we've never had that happen, but I can see someone doing it okay, for sure. But, but ours are somewhat hidden. So I don't, unless they went looking for it. Yeah. Then maybe it's, it's not necessary. It, it seemed worth mentioning to anybody just in case you do have outlet covers that are are visible. Great, cheap preventative to make sure that yeah. your flow center is that much safer. And again, even if it's not a safety issue, just like the time of transitions, that just drives me nuts sometimes when people are taking so long. And you know, you stay totally cool and everything. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, we'll, we'll work it out and everything. But just anything you can do to help with the flow during those transitions is nice. Yeah, I actually think it's a great idea because there isn't really any reason you don't. And, be, and there's always somebody who's looking you know, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, we've had people, they, they need to plug in their phones. Now, we do provide an area out at the desk if they want to leave their phones mm. to be uh, charged mm -hmm. while they go in. But uh, there have been people who I know have been looking for plugs and asked us yeah, for a place sense. to plug into the in the float room. Um, so, yeah, I think it's actually a brilliant idea. And like you said, it's very inexpensive. So why yeah. not? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. I'm quoting you on that one. Brilliant idea. Please do. Um, I actually worked a few shifts this week. That was nice, and it's been quite a long time. <laughs> it's very rusty. And uh, it was um, really fun to give intros again. Very rusty on those two. Brian, actually, <laughs> unexpectedly, we had a, somebody call in sick. And, and who's on the schedule but Mr. Brian Van Pesky. So he got to, nice. I got to be all self-conscious while I was giving intros. <laughs> How did I do, Brian? I know. Actually, I'm curious. We didn't talk about you it. You did great. You, you tried to whisk me up to my room. I was like, no, no, no. I'll stay. I want to listen yeah. to this intro. <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. Sure. You please go up to your tank. I was like, no. Nah. Brian, please. Why don't you I haven't had an intro. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a Dylan intro in a while. I got to listen in. Uh, yes. I thought you did great. Uh, I mean, oh, you, the, your delivery and, and personality is always, always shines just so oh, well wow. in your intro. And <laughs> I thought about it afterwards and did I was I like, okay, that? yeah, there's like, 
there's one or two things you may have like missed, uh, but there's like all the basics were covered. I thought you did great. Well, yeah. All right. Now, you know, I care about my intros. I didn't miss anything, Brian. Those other things are, are covered in the float rooms. You need to come to our employee meetings oh, okay. to stay up to date on what's covered outside the rooms <laughs> and what's covered inside the rooms. <laughs> gotcha. I didn't know there were there. I didn't know there were two parts of the intros, part one and part two. Indeed. indeed. I, I didn't know but there was a sequel. Okay. That, that's true. It's a two-parter. There's a cliffhanger in between. Uh, sometimes there's a bathroom break in between those two things. <laughs> Uh, but most importantly, it sounds like my personality. My personality was amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, Interesting. I Indeed. did it the other day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I came out of the float room. I thought I'd done pretty well. I'm like, okay, I didn't do oh, so no. bad for not yeah. giving one for a while. And an employee just looked at me. She's like, well, that was a little long, don't you think? I was like, oh, <laughs> crap. I guess I need to practice. Long is better than missing something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just went way too long, supposedly, so, which I, I, I did. E- oh, man. Sandra yeah. and I, have went, that's our absolute, that, that's our Achilles heel right there. We, we will talk for days <laughs> about floating. It's bad. Um, something else that we, so anyways, it was good to be back in the shop, like actually working a shift and just seeing how well-oiled this machine is at this point, which is, at, at this point, like Emily, she is officially our... Um, uh-oh, what is she officially? Not a supervisor, a uh, manager. And uh, it she is making sure that any updates are made and things are more and more machine-like and just how things run. So it is just so buttery smooth there. Or at least it seemed to be while I was there. They, they faked it well enough for me. Um, it, really impressive. I was very excited to just see how smooth it is. Um, so she is manager now. We had employee reviews and we have, you know, if you listen to this show a long time ago, we started out wanting our staff to have a flat uh, managerial system. So there's owners, Sandra and Dylan, and then everybody else is just equal. And you kind of do what you want to do. Like I'm into social media. I'm going to dedicate myself to social media and do that. And But if I want to change out, I can pass that baton and just very mm, kind of organic. And really, as it turns out, for the type of people that we've hired and that I think we're able to attract is people do want guidelines. They want to know where they stand, when mission is accomplished, and then you know how they can excel, but not just open, just the world is your oyster. That's just too much, and then people don't do anything type of thing is what we found. So now, for six years later, we're coming to the point where we actually have titles <laughs> for, for our people. So... Um, Emily is our manager, and uh, Abe and Anna are now our supervisors there. So there's uh, kind of a, a tiered system. People know where to go to talk to people and kind of go up the chain. And and there are uh, designated people for things like donations is something that we've talked about. So, so one person is in charge when um, you know a school is doing a fundraiser or something like that. It goes through Anna. So uh, that's been nice. And so we've we did employee reviews. Everybody filled out a bunch of questionnaires, rated people one through five, and uh, everybody. I, I mean, I can't go too into detail about it, but it was very positive. I mean, the float shop's in a really good place, and uh, just a lot of a lot of positivity. Of course, there are things to work on, and uh, so that was really nice. And I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about this or not, but there may have been some financial pay grade changes as well. So that also feels really good on this side as well to, to be able to deliver that. And uh, let's see here. And you, you do employee reviews, right, Amy? We do. Uh, we 
Mark meets with the employees, but also we have our coach, John, who will mm -hmm. actually be with us in December, and he does reviews with the employees on Mark and I. So, oh, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Cool. So we get the feedback through John, so huh. it's very, very much anonymous, That's and great. and people can feel very free to yeah. to just speak their mind, because John mm -hmm. is super easy to talk to. He's amazing. Yeah, totally. And we'll have some episodes coming up with, with him soon. Yeah. Um, super excited. But but uh, D D Dylan, oh, what yeah. what originally what originally inspired you to go with that kind of flat and open organizational structure? Was that was that inspired by the Do you want Valve handbook? Those Valve, yeah, Valve, Valve. So Valve. I was, I, was I was just reviewing your blog post on it. Oh, and <laughs> it is to, like today. So it's interesting you brought oh, it funny. brought wow. that up. That, that is that interesting. Your your perception of it has changed. Yeah, I guess I have to update that, huh? Um, I also, I need to update my neck pillows one as well. Brian, sorry. We'll leave your pictures up, but I, I do prefer the float, <laughs> float halo at this point, uh, over the, the inflatable. Um, although some, some clients still do prefer the inflatable. It's nice to have both. Uh, yeah. So valve is a software company, so it doesn't really match. They also have, uh, more money than God. So they're able to attract, attract absolute top, um, people in the field who have a particular drive and want to be part of that. And that is very difficult task to pull off. And we're not working with the same demographic, right? Like it just doesn't, and psychograph as, as Lance would point out. Uh, so um, this works far better. People are way more successful and we get more out of our employees and they're more invested in what we're doing here too. So it works out. But I won't go. Nice. I'm not going to bore you with how amazing. Valve yeah, we is. don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need a deep dive. But I just thought I'd bring it up because I was happened to be looking at it today. Nice. Well, if if you see me at the float conference next year and you're not sure what to say, or if like you're feeling shy and not sure, eh, what about I say to Dylan? I want to say hi. Uh, just bring up Valve and ask me a question about their company, and <laughs> I, boy, will we have drinks and talk. It's going to be fun. Uh, the only other thing. Oh, um. So, sorry, one more thing about the employee reviews before I move on is I just loved what came up during these conversations. You know, you can check in, you can say hi to people, you can even work a shift with them. But when you really give them space to open up and talk about what's going on at the shop or what the shop can improve, because, of course, it's a two-way meeting. It's not just about their performance. Uh, really cool what comes out, uh, really beneficial stuff for uh, for the, the float shoppy. And the only other thing, I, I'll, I'll try to make this quick. And... I have been so out of it. I had no idea Thanksgiving was right around the corner here. I, I, I did not know we were, Thanksgiving was this week. Uh, and oh, this is going to be a very downloaded episode, isn't it? <laughs> Coming out on Thanksgiving. Uh, but uh, basically, I was just feeling so thankful for our listeners. I was just feeling so much gratitude. You know, we get to see the the numbers on, on how many people are listening. And um, there, there's not a whole lot of like the, the back and forth. I don't know everybody who listens to us. I don't get to hear the stories all the time, but I get to see the number and like things at float conferences. I do hear about the people who are driving their kids to work and they listen to this, or I got a message the other day that their little girl dances to the intro to our terrible, terrible intro music every time. <laughs> and that's just absolutely amazing and adorable. And I just, um, love that people lend us their ears for 90 minutes at a time every week or again however uh you listen to the show sometimes people load them up after a while or you know come in and out and that's totally fine as well but just a ton of gratitude that people would, would want to spend 90 minutes with us it's just amazing so thank you yeah. to our thank listeners yeah thank you so much whether you're listening to this on uh 
Thanksgiving Day trying to get away from relatives or uh, <laughs> or listening to it later on. Uh, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being a listener and uh, and letting us speak to you every week. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And to continue that gratitude train, I have to say, uh, you know, as a float center owner, particularly we were the first in our state, it was very lonely. And when you're alone and you don't have anybody to bounce off ideas mm. uh, with, you have a tendency to become stagnant. It's really hard to better yourself. But this podcast for me has allowed me to have access to so many other people doing it so many different ways. I've learned, I've grown, and what a very cool thing to be able to do. I'm, uh, I think it's, uh, it's y'all, it's the host, it's Dylan, it's Lance, it's Brian, it's the listeners who've made me a better float center owner. Mm. I, I have to echo it right back at you. Like the float shop wouldn't be the, running the way it is without this show and without our conversations yeah. going back and forth, learning from you so much from you has been so helpful. So Wait, are we now just patting ourselves on the back for the show? We I know. All of a sudden, <laughs> can, we, can we just like go back and do this? Can we have a do-over? We'll, to, we'll totally fix this in post. Brian Thank can you. emulate our voices. It's great. <laughs> well, and hopefully, hopefully everyone out there is is learning just as much from from our, from our hosts and and the guests that we have on. Yeah, hopefully more, even more. Uh, so if, ironically, I was just driving around thinking about that, and then learned Thanksgiving was this week. So I just figured I, I had to mention that considering the beautiful coincidence amy how are you doing no 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 no. we covered how I you're doing, doing. <laughs> how was your week from this week's standpoint it's yes. been kind of a crazy week but that is because we got news that we may so, okay let me back up hmm? we had a meeting with a contractor i guess it's been over a week week and a half now and he was getting close to uh, budget. Actually, he was over budget. And he's like, but don't worry. Uh, we're going to go back through. Uh, he's like, we can, we can move fast and just go with what we've got and go over budget a bit. Or we can go back through. We can get some of these prices down, but it'll take you longer to be open. Mm -hmm. And since I'm pretty averse to taking on more debt than I need to, um, we've had a few things happen that – added some cost in places I didn't think. Like, for example, our building has six signs, so my budget for the signage is not nearly enough to cover that. And uh, our cryotherapy machine was supposed to, we were going in business, uh, another gentleman who was going to buy the machine was going to put it in our space. That fell through, so now I have to buy this cryotherapy machine, and I'm going, okay, I don't have to think about this very long. Let's just stop the train for a minute, back it up, and let's see where we can save some money which is going well. Um, but here's the thing. We found out that we might be able to get a temporary uh, permit to open the kombucha tap room, which means... Oh, cool. Yeah. So oh, I can, that's fun. Yeah, so I can bring in some money to help me cover my cost. We can sell some gift certificates from there. Mm. They can mm. meet us face-to-face, -face, which everybody's like, well, you know, you can always sell gift certificates online. And I'm like, when you're a new business and people... You know, mm, some people right, right. who know Mark right. and I, they know we're going to make this happen. But, you know, it's a bit more of a gamble and, and people don't like to buy things they can't see. So uh, we have been focusing, like hyper focusing on getting that tap room open, which means that I'm taking a little bit of a break from from actually uh, doing design and buying furniture and things for our relaxation room, the float rooms, that sort of thing. And I'm doing things like buying growlers and, um, you know, experimenting and working on our kombucha and other drinks that we're offering and getting cool. the tap 
in the taps lined up and for installation and the cooler lined up for installation. So my entire shift has focused, which feels kind of good because, you know, it's nice to order things online and to, to feel like you're getting something accomplished, but it's something more and something better to be doing something where you can see the results. Um, you know, so the first, uh, the first walls getting drywall are going to be in the tap room. So they're going up and I can, it it feels like I'm getting something accomplished Mm -hmm. basically, you know, so it feels good. And if you have the float tanks open first, doing more work afterwards, that's almost impossible, right? Like you can't be open. I just feel like once you open, you're pinned to that. You have to shut down to do anything else. With kombucha, you can hear a jigga in the background, and that's okay, right? Like, yeah. that's still passable. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's cool. So, yeah, so we're setting up some retail in there for the holidays and getting those. Like I said, we're doing, you know, our, our research, working up the recipes for the kombucha and for the other drinks we're making available. And uh, just focusing on focusing on that. Feels good. I yeah, like yeah. it. Oh, it's uh, busy, but I, I like it. Yeah. Are you guys serving your own kombucha? Yeah. So we have 12 taps, and we're doing 12 drinks. Wow. We're doing them all. Um, If y'all don't know, I guess one thing I should should explain (laughs) right here. Um, My background is in food manufacturing. My father is a food manufacturer and a food scientist, actually, uh, who has has had production facilities all over the world, literally. Uh, We've we've lived all over. So... um, So this is kind of going back to my roots. I'm doing things that are very mm, comfortable for me, which people who don't know my past or don't know me pre-float days, pre-massage days, have no idea. Uh, So it might sound a little odd, but for me, this is actually kind of like getting back into the saddle. It's like, you know, riding a bike. So yeah, we've been we've been <laughs> uh, playing around. Yeah, I know it's crazy, right? It uh, it's circle, my old yeah. my past. Yeah, it's uh, yeah I'm old, so I've had a few careers already, <laughs> older. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So we're doing uh, four kombuchas. We're doing a probiotic uh, sparkling drink. We're actually doing a sports drink that is a probiotic Ooh. and a whey base. Uh, we're doing um, we're doing some nitro coffees. Uh, there's a whole multiple bunch of things. nitro coffees. I'm sorry. Multiple nitro coffees. Yeah. Well, so we're doing it in different different ways. I should okay. Say. So one is going to be a nitro coffee. We're actually doing a, a nitro drink that uh, is well. I'll just wait. That's going to be a surprise. <laughs> All right. No, no spoilers. You don't want me to talk we'll, food tonight. We'll no talk after. We'll release the full menu in a future episode. <laughs> sure. A few weeks. Yeah. Nice teaser. Yeah, working on that now. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, so it's going to be yeah, quite, the, the, quite the business you got going on. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I wonder, you know, we're doing it because we have the space. I'm going from an 1,100 square foot float center to a 5,800 right. square foot building, and I have to fill it somehow, and I have to make it cover the overhead. And really, what you're seeing is me desperately trying to cover the overhead. <laughs> um, but, but I'm doing it, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, there's been some missteps along the way, but... For the most part, it's kind of fun to get back to, to what get I used to, to do. If you get to opening, which, by the way, is coming up so soon. I cannot no believe crap. how fast time is passed by. Huh. But, yeah, if you get to open and stay open, congratulations, man. That's Thanks. All, Thanks. all the stressors, everything. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's going to be crazy if we can make it happen, but we're, we're just focused on it. We're just going to assume that it's going to happen, and if it doesn't, I'll deal with the heartbreak later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you'll be able yeah. to share it with us, Amy. Thank you. I know y'all are there for me for sure. You've been in the past, so. But yeah, let's here's here's hoping that it 
it turns out positive and things go, I don't want to say smoothly because we all know better right. than that. No, no, but no, no, the no, things no. go fairly smoothly to the point where I can actually open. Yeah, Pay rent, <laughs> that's all. Open, yeah. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. <laughs> you are switching. Um, what is it called? Your, your booking yeah, software. My booking software. You used to be yeah. on Booker. Well, and I'm still staying on Booker because I'm not so sure about this other one, but I thought I'd give it a try. Oh, okay. Uh, I figured that, you know, if it's really crazy in the first few months, it's actually not too horrible to switch back over to Booker. So, yeah. So I'm giving it a try, but this past week has made me feel like perhaps (laughs) I made a mistake. No, why? Why would that be? (laughs) Well, Dylan, let's just take a moment and... And look at what's happened between the email exchange between oh, myself and well. Wellness Living. Time to put on my acting voice. Yep. <clears throat> Let me cue this music real pull quick. Pull the curtain back and mm-hmm. uh, cue up the music for some musical theater. Uh, yes. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yes. Yes, this is so fitting, especially for the mood of this email chain. Yeah. Um, uh, Brian, would you want to narrate us in and out? Would that make sense? Boy, yeah, I can. Uh, I can do that. Shall I set this up first? That might help Brian. Okay, yeah. Let sure. me set this yeah. up. So we are at the point with Wellness Living that I, I felt that we should be onboarding at this point, and I, I had a, signed up for my merchant account and gone through all that and gotten approved. However, I noticed I wasn't receiving any emails, so I, I finally contacted them last night and said, "Hey." Uh, I think I should be onboarding by now. Uh, I've got my approval, so what's wrong? And they said, well, we're missing some documents from you. And this is where it begins. We can't finish up your account until you produce a TIN, a T-I-N, that matches your tax records. Hi there, but I don't have a TIN. I have a an E-I-N, and I have sent it to you. Hmm. You need a TIN, and we need it on file along with a utility bill that shows your name. Okay, well, I, I have employees, so I don't have a TIN. If they did issue one, it would be a mistake, but they didn't. They correctly issued me an E-I-N, and I've attached it for you. Hmm. TIN refers to your federal tax ID number. The name and federal tax number you provided originally did not match the IRS number we have on file. Well, I know what a TIN is. I I don't have one. I I have an EIN. And on your application, it provides a space for the legal name and the DBA. The legal name and the EIN attached, which shows my legal name, matches exactly what the IRS has on file. Ah, thank you for providing the documents. All we need is your tin to move forward with your onboarding. <laughs> oh boy, I think I made a mistake. Maybe I should switch back to Booker. Oh my god! Oh my god! That is. So, you know what? I'm, I'm, can I copy and paste that in our show notes? Because when you read it, sure. it is just absolutely. You can stop the music. It is absolutely. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's really frustrating, and I, I really have actually considered this has been turned into such a, you know, it's such a, it should be a simple thing, um, and I'm not quite sure. You know, you don't want to, I don't want to judge them. I mean, they're they're a Canadian country, a bunch of Canadians. We all know how much we love Canadians. They're better than us, yeah. And yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe they don't know what an EIN is, or or right, maybe right, this right, is right. mostly used by but just you individuals. Were, you weren't or... having a conversation, though. <laughs> <That was laughs> right. They've said the exact same thing over and over and over. Oh, it's, it's just really beautiful. Strange. Like out of a movie, or perhaps 
too silly to be in a movie, like too unbelievable, except that I think we've all had a similar experience. Rarely is it this poignant, like this accurately silly, but wow. and, you know, honestly, this is not the first time. I, I, I kind of pick in on Wellness Living. Um, but honestly, this is not the first time I've had this conversation throughout starting this next business. This is a conversation I've had with, um, well, actually, I'm having it right now with these Rutherford County who are saying that my my business name doesn't match my EIN and they need my EIN. Oh, and I've sent it to them twice. Right. But you only um, have a 10. Ah, just kidding. I, I have a 10. <laughs> um, you know, so th- these things... Um, <laughs> This is just a conversation. I don't mean to pick on Wellness Living, but it's well, happened over you know. and over and over again. <laughs> they had the conversation. I think they can be picked on. <laughs> I say dumb things. Brian teases me. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so, so Amy, yeah, were you going sorry. to were you going to try Wellness Living if if that ended up being a good choice for the new center? Were you going to switch the old center over as well, or keep two simultaneous booking softwares? Uh, eventually the thought is to turn to bring a uh, booker over if it's good. Uh, okay. I'm not, I'm not having really high hopes at this point. <laughs> um, right. But, and, and what scares me is one of the things they said, well, we've not really had much experience with moving over booker and it's a lot of manual work mm. on my end. They explain the process. So it scares me a little, but you know, we always talk, I, I, in some ways I'm kind of taking one for the team because we always talk about, Helm, uh, Booker, and Mind Body. And by the way, they're really, they're like, this is the best alternative to Mind Body. Hmm. They know all about Mind Body. So if you're switching from Mind Body, it seems like it might be smooth. Not so much Booker, though. Um, but I want to see, I, I honestly am curious to see what it's like. I am prepared. If I need to, I can switch back to Booker, you know, in the first few months without without really losing much information. But hmm. yeah, I, I'm already a little nervous. I'm not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> Well, I think we'll all want to know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be staying oh. tuned. My goodness. Well, they've got to hurry now because I need them to be operational in three weeks. So <laughs> they need to get their butts together. <laughs> Deadlines. Well, before we move on to our next topic, I want to give a little shout out to the uh, ProFloat affiliate link that we have. Go to artofthefloat.com forward slash ProFloat. If you want to do any shopping for any materials that are float-centric, water testing, vibration pads, fans, all that good stuff, speakers, uh, is all on their site, and you just want to let them know that we sent you. I think if you go through that portal, they already know, but sometimes you'll be making a phone call, anything like that. Uh, Just let them know that we sent you uh, their way. We appreciate it. And let's move on to our main topic. I think... Let's start, I know that the main topic is float centers closing, but maybe we could just kind of wedge our way in at first by talking about the idea between elite versus budget centers. (laughs) And and this is all started because, I mean, today's episode is because of you, Amy. This is all off your Facebook page. Um, Great. Everything you said this week just infuriated me, (laughs) and I've come here to set you straight. No. Uh, No, I thought they were really interesting. I hate that float centers are being pigeonholed into that those categories even exist yeah that's funny i I mean i i told sandra what the show topic was and she's like well what kind of center are we i was like we're budget are you kidding me we're a budget center (laughs) but then i was like wait a minute i guess it's not that i don't know i don't know and yeah 
Please. Well, let me clarify, because the reason this came up is uh, it has actually, and I won't even, I'm not going to say which episode it is, because I, I, I don't think it was said in a malicious way, but, um, you know, we have uh, escape pods and Oasis tanks and one that Mark made, and those, they not in necessarily to my, they weren't talking about my tanks in particular, but they were talking about some of those brands, and they were talking, and they called them budget tanks. Now, it was not said maliciously. It was not said in a mean way. It was just the word that they used to describe because they are cheaper tanks. So let me clarify it by that. So when I say it, I kind of, when I talk about elite and budget, I, it's because I want said tongue in cheek because I, I just think it's funny that, uh, particularly when she started, you know, we had another float center who, you know, that's her big thing. And we're the elite Nashville's elite float center. And that doesn't bother me. I think it's kind of funny. Um, and once again, I don't know if she's saying it in, really in a malicious manner so uh, i want to i want to clear that up because that can get really um twisted and i don't want it to get twisted yeah this is not about about. yeah Mm -hmm. this is not about judgment uh and and what she's done with her float center is exactly what she should do it's it's right for her and she made a good decision so and we'll talk about that a little bit more as, as we go on but but yeah, I do think even if it's not said out loud, I think there is. Do you feel like maybe underneath it all, there are some, so a bit of judgment with that, or do you think that's not really as big of a deal as, as maybe some of us think? I think there does seem to be uh, people investing a, a lot of money into. <laughs> we'll just run with it. Elite, an elite float center, or just uh, prestigious. I, I don't know. High, high end. Let's just go with high end, or yeah, just expensive. We could just say uh-huh. there's there's a big ticket behind it. And then there are people who are not going into a lot of debt, or or don't already have the funds available, that are doing things at a much smaller budget, and their float tanks need to be cheaper. They still float people the same way, you know, get the same mm-hmm. job done, but it needs to be more minimal. Um, and yeah, I think uh, well. Judgment. I don't know necessarily if there's a ton of judgment. I think, I mean, I personally feel, I, I'm curious if people feel it more internally than they do uh, at other people. You know how you always uh-huh. think other people are judging you and really they're just all doing their thing and don't care about you? Like, uh-huh. I, I, th- I yeah. feel that way, yeah. sure. Like, there are other float centers that are beautiful and amazing that are near mm. me. And yeah, I compare myself or I feel like, God, oh, we really got to step it up or we're budget, <laughs> you know, we got, we got to look, we got to come across a little better here, but, um, that, that's more the, the internal dialogue, that little voice in your head. But I think intellectually, mm-hmm. I understand that we have established things like, okay, we don't have that kind of money. I don't, my parents don't have that kind of money. I don't have that kind of money and I'm not about to take out that kind of loan. Mm-hmm. So we are, we have, and, and if you're just opening, you need to identify your strengths elsewhere. And, uh, you know, we were on hand every single day, or I was in particular, uh, every single day I was there meeting and greeting, establishing this really particular feel for the float shop. The way that we set it up, everything, like this, this brand, this feel of the float shop became something very specific that's passed on through our employees now as well. And like with any purchase that we make in the future or any, any design change in the business, like, no, we're not... Uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt uh, for, for our float center. And it doesn't look like we are either. But there are reasons that people choose to come to our place. And for, for, to some degree, it's because we have you know float and massage. You can get the combo. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think there are definitely things that bond uh, people to us that go deeper than that. 
Okay, so let me just back up for a second. You said some really super important things right there. I think the first thing being that you made a conscious decision on what you wanted to spend. You made a conscious decision about what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Number two, you talked about your people that come to see you. So you have a target market. You were there because you were going to serve a specific uh, audience mm-hmm. and you were there to create the experience for that specific audience. And what I'm learning is, you know, what it really comes down to is being being very aware of your target market, being a very self-aware of what you can or cannot live without, knowing that when you start a business, let's face it, no one makes money when they start a business. I mean, those first few years are rough. I mean, they just are for everybody. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Um, and knowing your personal situation. So in other mm-hmm. words, do you have a spouse that can support you? Do you have to make a certain amount of, of money in order to survive? Um, you know, just being very aware of that. And uh, if I haven't said already, just the the people that you want to serve. So when you know these things, I think it's easier to not get caught up and put yourself into a situation financially where you're overreaching. You know, we talked about this elite float center. And one thing I really, really appreciate, uh, as much as I, I joke, I know, I know the woman who owns it and she's, she's, She's lovely. Um, back to I found out she just had her baby finally. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, she is in a situation. She lives in a very affluent part of town. She's very connected in that community. And she wants to, like all of us, she wants to serve that community. Mm-hmm. And their expectations are very different. And her, mm-hmm. uh, what she has available to her is very different than what I have available to me. Mm-hmm. So... What she did is create a flow center and create an experience for a target market that, to you know, to my knowledge, I'm assuming is not overwhelming her. Is not right. You know, right. it fits what she has available to her in the in the lifestyle that that she can live. Right. And so that was a great choice for her. So as much as I pick on the whole elite float center, um, the reality of it is there's no judgment on what she's done because what she's done is made some very wise choices Mm -hmm. and she's done it well, by the way, she's uh, actually is a PR person from New York city. And um, she is certainly, she is certainly kicking butt and taking names. It's it's, um, really cool to see. Um, So my situation is not quite the same and my my goals are not quite the same. So when I start thinking about what kind of budget I need to start a float center, uh, I have to look at things very, very differently. Uh, And, and my, my concern when we, when we consult with people, um, one of the things that I always like to spend a little bit more time on is, Hey, what are your expectations? What are you expecting to make? Mm. What kind of lifestyle do you enjoy? Uh, what kind of lifestyle is going to take you away from doing something that you, you know, doing something you love. So in other words, if you love to travel all the time, (laughs) then starting a float center perhaps might not be the right thing for you. Not that you won't ever be able to afford to travel, but it's going to be a little harder to get away. Um, Do you have a spouse that is able to support you financially or are you both kind of jumping in and you still need to make enough money to, pay a rent or pay a mortgage and, you know, put food on the table. Yep. Yep. Uh, Great points. These things are so important. 
you know, I think you're kind of naturally segueing to our main topic. Uh, like those are those are the considerations that you have to have going into it. Like mm-hmm. even if you really, really want, I'm going to use the term again, I, I, yeah. a high-end or elite float center, if that's really your dream, mm-hmm. you still need to have that backed up with your numbers. You can't just put everything out there and, you know, pray to the gods that it's going to work. The numbers have mm-hmm. to add up and you have to know what your um, strengths are or your mm-hmm. team's strengths are to know that that's actually going to happen. And uh, yeah, I think that's just a really, really big risk for, and, and we've, we've brought this up on the show before, but people are mm-hmm. putting a lot of money into float centers now. Um, you you kind of have to these days. Yeah. And, yeah. and why do you, well, interesting. So why do we have to these days? Oh, okay. Interesting good. verbiage. Yeah. Okay. I think for me, I could never open a float center for the price that I did for two reasons. One is float tanks aren't the same price anymore. We bought mm-hmm. all of our float tanks used and that market has changed. So just float tanks are by definition more expensive now than they were, what was it, 2011? What, what year are we in? <laughs> yeah, I think it's 2011. <laughs> 2011, um, yeah. Maybe 2010 when we were shopping. So so that game has changed. And then, um, you know, we didn't do the soundproofing that was required and we didn't do that properly. We, we bootstrapped it and uh, you know, to, to do, yeah, I'm not going to go into the details, but just to do everything we should have done from the get go, uh, that would have been a lot more expensive for us to do. It's interesting you bring that up because we talked on the show just very briefly. I think it was last week about how, when we started out, everybody was bootstrapping. Uh-huh, That's yeah. the only way we knew how to do it. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. part of it was out of necessity because no bank was going to give us anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I had been self-employed and I had businesses for several years and every bank looked at me like I was out of my mind. They didn't know what this float tank thing was. Yeah. They weren't even going to talk to me. They thought I was just some strange hippie. Which was um, true, which is true. Which is true, you know. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought Mark along. That's yeah. really what, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Were you? <laughs> so, um, so it was a very different thing. And when we did it, we were the first one in the state. And the reason I went with this tiny 1,100 square foot is because, first of all, real estate in Nashville is freaking stupid, astronomical, stupid expensive right now. Um, but the reason we went with this small space is because I knew in my heart that if this float thing failed that at least I could fill it with massage therapy and right. at least cover overhead. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if all this goes to hell in a handbasket, can I, what can I do? Do I have a plan B to cover this overhead? And that was really one of the biggest choices, you know, or the biggest determiners in, in choosing that space. Today, I would not make that same decision. Of course, I also couldn't afford anything in Nashville sure. today. Um, know, you know, I had a very similar um stance of when, when we opened by doing multiple modalities, I, I felt like it was legs on the table. Like if this float thing crashes, which it just felt very new and vulnerable at the time. And I feel like we're on much more solid ground now, mm-hmm. um, which, which you could still argue against, but I just, I, that's how I feel. Um, like I wanted, okay, if that crashes, we got massage rooms, just like you said, like tanks out, <laughs> tables in, <laughs> let's go. We're going to stay open. We're going to stay alive uh, because this, we de- we from the get-go decided this was going to be our livelihood, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely agree with you. And so, yeah, it's very interesting how things change. And I did find it very interesting that you just said, you know, we have to put more money into it mm-hmm. because as I'm building out the second location, that has been something that has been a struggle for me and something I've spent a lot of time on. 
is building this budget. So, uh you know, creating this budget that we did um, for most flow centers, my budget would be really quite small. Mm. We're making it work, but it's, it's really quite small Mm -hmm. and, and I'm giving up a lot. And so like when we're going into these Mm. meetings with the contractor and they're saying, look, you know, we're already 2000, almost $3,000 over budget, which doesn't sound like much, but, uh, but you know, there were still some things they hadn't, uh, cashed out or hadn't put down on the budget yet. I was like, you know, okay, we're going to have to start cutting. And, you know, I love, there's some gorgeous float rooms, some gorgeous float rooms out there. And I'm like, oh, I want all those tiles and the walls. <laughs> yeah. And the, and, and um, Liz, our architect, just looked at me. She's like, no, there's no tile on the walls. You uh, cannot wow. afford tile on the walls. Tile's gone. Um, you know, so it's not like I'm sitting over here and not getting float room envy because... Mm. Lord knows, y'all, I've looked at your pictures Mm -hmm. in Float Collective, and I have spent a lot of time, like, you know, uh, snipping them out. (laughs) It sounds like I'm talking about magazines, but, you know, taking (laughs) screenshots and, like, putting them in this little folder, like, oh, this will be my dream someday. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, then the reality of it is the epoxy guy comes and shows you, you know, a whole box (laughs) of ugly, some of the ugliest (laughs) stuff you've ever seen. And I'm I'm, like, (laughs) looking at Mark, and I'm like... I, you know, tears of eyes oh. going, there's got to be something better. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, oh, so, wow. you know, it's like, should I, am I really, am I just too cheap? Is it, you know, should I expand my, my budget? I could get a little bit more money. I right. actually have a, I have some access to a little bit more if I need it. But every time when I'm, when I'm in my right mind, <laughs> I'm getting right. past that. It's like, okay, no, I'm doing the right thing because my goal You know, what I said in my post that got so much attention on Facebook uh, on my personal page was, you know, at the end of the day, the the way that I choose my budget is how do I sleep at night? Is this going to allow me to sleep at night Mm -hmm. and not feel like every day like I'm going to lose my shirt Mm -hmm. and take my husband who has sacrificed so much so I can be in this business Mm -hmm. because he supports me. I don't take any money. I don't Mm -hmm. all my money goes back into the business. Um it's like, I don't want to let him down. I want to, I don't want to make his life difficult. I don't want my employees. I don't want to have to cut their hours or their salary. And I don't want to cut Mark's salary. You Mm -hmm. know, these people who've supported the dream and who have, you know, love me. So that weighs heavy on my mind. And I want to make sure that, you know, that's my budget doesn't leave me, you know, sleep with sleepless nights. And and to build off that a little bit, I think sometimes people see these beautiful float centers, the elite float centers, and they think that's what they need to do, even if it's not within their budget. You know, like they yeah. they want to hit that mark, and it's like, whoa, 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 you don't know what their finances are like. You don't yeah. know that their spouse has a well-paying job and is going to bankroll right. this for perhaps indefinitely. You know, those that is a reality yeah. that happens. Uh, or, or that they have another job. What's that? Or using it as a loss, as a tax write off. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and there I, I you know, we kind of laugh at like, like oh, boy, wouldn't would I love to be in that situation? But it's true. <laughs> and I know that this is a reality. You know, happening out there, but mm-hmm. we don't we don't know that. So all the, the, the stuff, all of our thoughts, we need to look inside. And, yeah. And stay steady and stay true to ourselves. Yeah. What's going to work for you for your business? And, and I think that's, again, kind of getting to the why float centers go out of business idea. And, um, People not knowing that before they get in, right? Before they jump into this industry, uh, without knowing all the numbers, it's such such an important thing that's really difficult and really overwhelming. And you know that's not why you get into the industry. You want to get in to help people, and then to then go, oh, I need to understand all these numbers in addition to what soundproofing is like and what water chemistry is like. It's just like, wait, 
what? Which brings me to, I think, my number one. I, I don't know if this is literally like the, re- the number one reason why float centers go out of business. But I think a major issue is that people think they want to run a float center, own a float center. And what they really wanted to do is maybe just own it, not manage it. Or they just wanted to give float intros. <laughs> you know, like that is, I've heard of people who have uh, started working at, at another float uh, center and realized, oh, actually, I like this part. I don't like all those other things that they, that they have to do. Like that <laughs> doesn't sound fun to me at all. That, that is a very real and totally okay part of the float industry, you know? Yeah. And, and there are also other new, you know, potential niches for within the float industry other than actually having a brick and mortar as well. I suppose Art of the Float is an example of that. You know, I think the reason why this is so much on our mind now, I know Dan Larson made a comment on my post. He's like, well, I don't think it's compared to other company or other industries. Uh-huh. I don't think we have a whole lot going out of business. Mm-hmm. And that's true as compared to other industries, perhaps not. Um, but I don't know. I think we all feel it a little bit more when we see somebody struggling, when we see somebody in our industry struggling or we see like recently I had a friend, uh, they're going out of, they're losing their float center and my heart, I mean, that was devastating to me. I shed a few tears for him and um, because I, I feel it so, so much more. And I think as an industry, we might be a right. little bit more em- empathetic and, and be a little bit more aware because these are our friends. Mm-hmm. These aren't just like some business down the street. We're this is like our friends, people. somebody we know, somebody we see every year at the float conference, somebody we care about. And, uh, and, and we are in a very interesting phase right now as an industry. We're in a growth phase. And, we're going to, you know, this is the phase where, you know, maybe lots and lots of people suddenly who don't know much about floating, you know, go ahead and put on their float centers. And then some of them are weeded out. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I mean, that's just the way an industry grows. That's normal. Um, but it's good to be conscious of what's happening and, you know, take a moment and use these as um, learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do to avoid being in that situation? What can I do to help others? avoid being in that situation because there's nothing worse than, you know, being up at night wondering about money, wondering uh, how you're going to make this work. Yes. It's awful. It's so, horrible. Sorry to everybody, everybody listening. Your ears probably just, just heard that terrible noise. But, yeah, that's exactly – that's that sound is the feeling. It's just the worst. Just not being able to sleep, whether it's thinking about your employees or your own money, it just – it is the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and that brings it back yeah, to, you know, what are some of the things that we mm-hmm. need to be looking at? We named some of them. Um, this is not going to come as a shock to many people out there. Um, I can already see Dana rolling her eyes <laughs> while listening to this, but marketing, 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 marketing. Again, like we get into this to float people. We think if we build it, they will come. Melchor talked about that. And uh, to a degree, I think it's true. And to another degree, it kind of scares me to to tell people that if you build it, they will come. I think... I think what you have to build is more than just the brick and mortar. I think what you have to build is attention on the community, attention on bringing people in your doors. And I maybe I bring it up so much because we were so weak at it when we opened up and have had to put so much attention on it. But uh, marketing is just such an important aspect. And I think it's underlooked and it's just a completely different hustle than the one that you're doing when you're boots on the ground in your business. It's just completely different. So... And taking into stock before you open, what kind of advantages do you have? What kind of connections do you have in the community? What are who you know? Who do you know? What can you do? How can you? How can you? I don't want to say exploit. That's such a negative word, sure. but you know, taking stock of 
what opportunities you have in your community mm -hmm. before you move forward and before you decide how much you're going to spend is super important because if you are not a mover and a shaker in your community, mm -hmm. your growth may be a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm looking at the, the elite, elite. <laughs> Candace, if you're listening to this, um, <laughs> the flow center, um, Candace, like I said, her pat, her past is in PR. She is like in every magazine. She's on every TV show. She is like out there rocking and rolling. And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm betting that her tanks were much fuller than mine in the beginning. And she's, mm, you know, right, bringing right. in more um, because she does have that that power and she does have those opportunities. Mm -hmm. That's her. That's her gift. So, you know, my my rise. <laughs> My rise was much, much slower. Yeah. And so I, and I knew it would be, so I needed to take that into consideration. Nice. I didn't know it would be, it, it really hurt. <laughs> like we were technically <laughs> profitable from the beginning. So that was great. And yeah, Groupon gets ripped on pretty justifiably, pretty frequently, but we wouldn't have been successful. Like we would have closed immediately had it not been for Groupon basically. <laughs> so uh, that, that's what kept us open while we learned how to market and everything. Uh, do you think there are any other reasons why oh, people are yeah. closing down? Um, other other reasons, maybe there, and I mentioned this earlier, maybe they don't have uh, the self-awareness to know what they, what they want and what they mm -hmm. need to survive. And this kind of goes back to, you know, lifestyles. I don't, I think for some people, and I've talked to, to one person who closed down and they, they were doing okay financially. Um, but they had assumed that they would be able to step away from it much sooner. Uh -huh. It was a lot more work than they uh, thought it would be. And they had hoped to kind of get in, get it started and, and walk away and, you know, take some money from it and, and then go and do some other work that, that he wanted to do. Wow. But they weren't able to do that. And he realized as they were getting into it that that wasn't going to happen the way that he thought it was going to. And so they decided to sell it. They were not in financial um, straights, mm -hmm. but it wasn't what he thought it would be. Interesting. So yeah, that <sighs> could be, Man. that could be an issue as well. So being self-aware of what you want, right. uh, and, and how you want to live and understanding that. And I know Graham and Ashcon from float on says all the time. It's like, it's always going to be, what is it? 30% more work and 30% harder than you ever thought it was going to be. <laughs> so just be super aware. <laughs> that sounds accurate and like an understatement, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably so. Be prepared for lots of stupid um, back and forth emails. <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> Always much, much more of a pain in the butt uh, than you think it's going to so be. Funny. In a terrible, terrible, hilarious way. Uh, um, how about just understanding your demographic? I, I think so good. I think sometimes people think, oh, there's a lot of money here. Therefore, I'm going to get a mm -hmm. lot of I'm going to make that money. And right. it, technically, that can be true, but it has to be the right group of people with money who want to spend on your float. Oh, tanks. this is such a good thing to bring up. I hear <laughs> it all the you. time. I'm going into the XYZ part of town oh, because yeah. that's where all the rich people live. And I'm like, <laughs> well, so in my experience, <laughs> so if you're going to go in and serve them and you want them to come to your shop, well, then you have to start thinking, okay, well, what? you know, how much I'm going to have to spend right. and does that spending get me back right. yes. what I expected yes. to get me back? Um, that, that reminds me of my, sorry, yeah. I hope I'm not. No. I, no. It, it reminds me of a blog post I wrote that the uh, one I think I brought it up even recently with the, is the flashy float tank worth the investment? Like, are you actually going to recoup that extra 30 plus thousand dollars that you spend on that really sexy looking float tank? 
Or does it make more sense to go with a more, and I, I know this it's a taboo word right now, but the budget float tank, um, are you actually losing that many clients to, to do that? You know, it's a, a question that you, I really think need to ask yourself. And I'm surprised that, um, how many people don't ask themselves that question? Cause it's an important one. It is, uh, it really is, you know, it, it does matter. It does matter who you're serving as to, you know, maybe the tank that you choose. Sure. Uh, yes. yeah. the other thing I hear a lot is, well, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go into the the college area because there's, you know, 30,000 college students. And I'm like, yeah, 30,000 college students Speaking with no money. money. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, so I would definitely stick with the less expensive tanks perhaps. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's a good one. And, and we get asked that a lot, or I do behind the scenes quite a bit is what tank should I choose? And uh -huh. does it yeah. matter? And that's a tough one. It, it is a but, tough one. I wish it, wish I could just say this is the float tank for you, but it's so complicated and it's that kind of knowing thyself thing because like you said it, it it's not just the um the finances it's also about how you want to represent yourself as well yeah. um, and who who you are um those those things have to be a factor but but then again that part of knowing thyself is also knowing thy financials <laughs> you know you can't horse around with that you have to truly know it and know how much yeah know how much you can get and I mentioned this a little bit last week, but when it comes to finances, there's a lot of shame tied up. There's a lot right. of um, issues and, and fear and, um, you know, just embarrassment, whether you're something to be embarrassed about or not. Uh, there's so many things that are that are wrapped up in that. And you really need to take the time. Go to go to your banker. Sit down with your banker. You know, I did this and it was horrible. You know, I took all my finances, I took my tax records, I sat down, and I just let them into my life. Took mm. my credit report, and some of it was super hard to hear, but I, I needed to know the truth before uh -huh. we moved forward. What what will destroy me, and what will what will be okay? Yeah. Yeah. So know your own finances. It's hard, but just got to do it. Got to face it. <sighs> Is there anything else that comes to mind? Why float centers are closing down? You know, I think, and this, this kind of ties into some of the other things, but, and this is just a, a guess, and I really like to hear from people, mm. and even if it's anonymous, if you've thought about, mm. hey, you know, this is just not what I thought it was going to be, I'm not making the money I thought it would be, um, I would love to hear feedback, and I know that's feed, honest feedback like that is, is really tough to, sure. to get, um, but the good thing is, is once we start talking about it, then we can find ways to either help other people not get in that same situation or find solutions to not mm -hmm. feel that way. There might be ways to alleviate those, those feelings and, and turn some things around. Um, but because there is no, there is stress out there. There's a lot of financial stress out there and people it, it not being exactly what they thought it was going to be. And I think both of us hear that stress from people in our community that, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's just not the money it's the opposite of a money pit. It's, it, it, it's I don't not, know if there is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not what people, I think, are expecting. And I think yeah. perhaps that's, I mean, I guess we've kind of covered that idea already, but just it didn't, it's not matching their expectations of what they thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah. And we all love the feel good, like, you know, the reason I do it, we all love this feel good stuff. Mm. We love to help our community. We love to be that in our community. 
Um, but we really have to be self-aware enough to know, is that enough if we're not making the bucks mm -hmm. that we expected? And it's okay if it's not. There's There should be never any judgment um, on your feelings when it comes to money versus what you're doing in your community. It's okay. You got to do it. You got to go with what works for you. Money, man. It's such a, such a taboo thing. I mean, it just absolutely runs our lives not runs our yeah. lives, but it's such a huge component to it. Yet it's something we, we don't talk about a whole lot. And like you said, there's a lot of guilt and weird feelings about it and feelings mm -hmm. of judgment, not wanting to share when you're having a rough time, all that stuff. Huh. Interesting. But it's okay. I think the more we talk about this, mm -hmm. um, I think the, the more opportunities we'll find to maybe ease those fears and, you know, move forward in a, in a better way. Yeah. So yeah. I hope that this gets some discussion talking, some really real discussion going on. E even and if it's just between business partners, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah it'd be great to see mm -hmm. more of this on our, on the Facebook group, the float collective and, and stuff like that. But even if it just means like you're thinking about your finances more, you're talking with your business partner or whoever's lending you money, you know, making sure all those numbers are dialed in and everything. Yeah. I, I hope so too. Cause we, we want float centers to be successful. You know, we want these Absolutely. places to stay open and people to be happy with what they're doing. Exactly. And not going home every night with that stress Oof. and bringing it to their families because, you know, we mm. talk so much about how self-care is so important. <laughs> well, how can you serve your community when you're dealing internally with so much heaviness oh, right. and so much sadness and so much stress? So um, this is an opportunity for us to maybe unload some of that. Well, I think I have. <laughs> have you tonight? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like we should wrap this up. A very discussion-based episode of um, hopefully just again, like what we like to do is get, get your wheels turning. Sometimes it's, it's the answers, it's the fixes. And in this one, it's more, you know, you, <laughs> there aren't set answers for you on this one. These, this is, these no. are things for you to think about before we close out. I want to give a shout out to float away. These guys have been sponsoring us from the very beginning. We appreciate it so much. Ginny and Colin are the couple behind float away, which now manufactures so many different styles of float tanks, um, that can fit all sorts of different needs, including all your financial different means, uh, definitely on topic with tonight's show, uh, with, uh, tranquility pod and in another pod that actually has a manual door to open and close. That's, uh, approximately the same size. And then, uh, they have much larger scale, uh, float cabins, float arounds, the tanks that they're using in Liber and floataway.com is where you want to go to check them out. And of course, tell Ginny and Colin that art of the float sent you. In closing, just want to give a shout out to everybody who's supporting us on Patreon. Thank you so much. We've got a new really great photo set coming out from a member of our float community in December. And then uh, we do have another little little uh, photo surprise for, for Christmas coming out too. I guess it's not really a surprise anymore. But anyway, the nice, nice little bonus for you guys as well um, that hopefully you guys are able to use. And uh, if you're interested in consulting, just uh, go to the consulting tab on artofthefloat.com and get in touch with us. We want you to be successful as you may have learned on today's episode. And uh, we've worked with uh, quite a few different float centers. And I think uh, we have a lot of confidence in our ability to help improve your workflow and understand your numbers and just make sure that you start out strong and also help refine float centers that are already operating as well. But a lot of the questions and the anxiety that occurs from not knowing, we can absolutely help with that. 
uh, as you're planning out your flow center. Until next time, remember there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing, so spend some time there. We'll see you next week.